Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The Wrestling Perspective Network is brought to you by BlueChew.com. That's blue like the color blue. BlueChew.com brings you the first chewable with the same FDA-approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, so you know they work. Visit BlueChew.com and get your first shipment free when you use our special promo code PERSPECTIVE. Just pay $5 shipping. It's about to get heavy! You think that you have all the answers? I changed the questions. Welcome back to another great episode of The Ringside Rant. Heard only right here on the Wrestling Perspective Network. The best interviews, the best guests, the best conversations across all of podcasting. So sit back, relax. Strap on a helmet, because it's going to be one bumpy ride. And as always, embrace the vision. said hey we gotta bring back the ringside ranch you did such a great job with the interviews you gotta bring it back and i said you know a lot of stuff's going on personally i don't want to you know uh uh, bring bring it back just yet kind of a little burnt out but without further ado my first guest he is the apex podcaster he is the wise owl of professional wrestling he smells better than dude love with sex panther he's the king of fantasy booking he is your favorite podcaster's favorite podcast. He is Omega Luke. Luke, how are you doing today, my friend? I'm doing great after that fantastic introduction. Thank you very much for having me on today. Hey, any anytime, anytime. You know, it's been a long time coming. Obviously, we've talked uh, over the uh, Twitter gimmick for uh, quite some time. Uh, you know, just listening to your show, kind of seeing you know, getting tips and what have you on, uh, as far as our show goes, because a lot of your stuff is uh, uh, a little bit later, but for the most part, it's kind of very, you do all the current, current product where we do a lot of the past stuff, but yeah, definitely a big fan of the show and do, definitely do a fantastic job over there. And, uh, you know, I, I don't know if I could actually do as much research as, as you do with all the numerous uh, promotions that you handle, but 
first and foremost, welcome to the first episode on the on the network of uh, Ringside Rant. Uh, you know, to briefly just describe, you know, the Omega Loop podcast, you know, where, when it started, how it started, kind of just like the gist of it. So the listeners that don't, um, uh, that don't know about it can, you know, get familiar with it. Yeah, so basically, um, I started roughly at the end of June, start of July. Uh, it all sort of started because I went on Simon Miller from What Culture uh, Wrestling's uh, YouTube channel. I went on his wrestling podcast. Um, what got me back into it was Japanese wrestling, and he wasn't. He spoke about it a little bit, but a lot of his um, podcast was about WWE. And I messaged him and said, "I want to come on and speak to you about Japanese wrestling." He let me. Uh, I went on a couple of other times after that. Um, and he sort of said, you know, you're quite good at this. You should start your own podcast about Japanese wrestling. And I thought I'd, I'd, I'd be up for that. And I did a bit of research. And there was a lot of people who did um, stuff about Japanese wrestling. Obviously, uh, we, I'm quite close to quite a few people who still do, like the likes of Wilfred. And I thought I wanted to do something different. Um, fantasy booking is something that me and my friends always do anyway. Um, and it was the perfect time because I was quite sick of the WWE product at the time. Um, and that's basically what got me into it. I um, recorded a few episodes to see how it went, fantasy booking wise, and it just like kicked off from there, really. So um, the fantasy booking started off as just a bit of fun with my friends. Um, it got a little bit more serious when I was introducing other people, and my friends were sort of saying he's really good, or I think I can do better than that. And I thought, you know what, I'm going to make a competition out of this. So um, I had the fantasy booking league, which ended last month, and continue in the competition really with with uh, my championship if you will um so it's all good fun i'm, I'm, I'm enjoying it um i've got lots of interviews as well i'm, I'm enjoying doing interviews uh, and just a little bit something different every time i think and, and improving day by day mm-hmm. yeah it's definitely a uh, definitely a unique concept obviously with uh, with the ringside excuse me with the uh revisionist booking that michael and i have uh it was, it's kind of along the same lines and i'm like you know i can't I was along the same lines. I'm like, I couldn't deal with the current product anymore. Mm. And this was when, you know, just the booking wasn't, to me anyway, it just wasn't working for me. Yeah. So I'm like, okay, well, let's go, uh, you know, you know, I'll start doing the interview thing. And that kind of, uh, um, kind of dried up a little bit, kind of got a little old and stuff happened. Obviously, like I mentioned before, personally with family and stuff. So I'm like, I just can't, can't do it. And then, uh, can I had the idea pitched to Michael, and as they say, the rest is history. But um, yeah, it's just a fantastic, you know, time to be a wrestling fan because you have so many different podcasts out there, you know. And like you mentioned with Wilfred, you guys are actually you just got added to. Uh, I believe he's starting the uh, was a Brain Buster uh, yeah. Radio Network, right? That's right. Now yeah. that starts that starts WrestleMania week, right? April 1st, yeah, I'm actually kicking it off myself on April 1st, the Monday. So I'll be the first show of Brain Buster Radio. So that's pretty cool. Yeah, so, you know, what um, you know, what can we expect out of that network? Well, the, the good thing I think about um, Brain Buster is the people who are involved. So obviously, um, myself, um, Wilfred, who like honestly is the hardest working person in the podcast world like we are constantly being fed updates from him constantly being fed ideas 
and it, his passion and everything um, for succeeding shows in his work rate. And I think if there's anyone I would want to strap myself to in the podcast game, it's Wilfred Watches because that guy is going somewhere. He's already got an incredible podcast as it is. Um, he pitched me a few months ago now, actually, I can say, because I've been quite close to him for a while behind the scenes. I'm thinking about doing my own network. What do you think? And, mm. I, you know, I said to him, you're hardworking. You know, he researches everything. I think you'd be really good at it. And um, we both ended up joining Social Suplex at the same time. Um, and when he started this whole thing of Brain Buster Radio, he sort of said to me, I'd like you to join. Uh, I'd like you to apply to join because um, obviously a lot of people uh, had to apply. And he said, but if you did come over to me, you'd have to be exclusive. And I thought to myself, like, Social Suplex, they're great guys, um, great numbers and everything like that. But if there's anyone I want to work with, it's Wilfred. Because not only do me and him have a good connection when we do um, episodes together, but he also is the most hardest working person in this business, I suppose, industry um, of mm-hmm. podcasting and YouTube. So I think the best thing about Brain Buster is Wilfred. Um, which is the main reason why I wanted to join, but also the other people who were involved. Um, the likes of JPQ, who started off of just being an absolute uh, diamond on Twitter for wrestling. Um, we got Queen, um, Mags as well, who who started his, his new podcast, Mount Rushmore. Uh, that, well, that would be really good. Josh from Wrestling Reverb. All these people who, um, some of them I've worked with, some of them I've yet to work with, but cannot wait to work with. Foul Original, another one. Uh, who's big in YouTube and starting a podcast. I think the best thing about Brain Buster is the people who are involved with it. And I, I'm, I can't wait for to see what's happening with it. Yeah, it's definitely a good lineup that you guys have uh, have coming out April 1st. And I implore everybody to uh, to follow all, all, all the social medias for the network. Uh, just because we, we can, Michael and I both can relate to... Uh, being on a good network like we are with the Wrestling Perspective Network, and then previously yeah. um, with the um, the Visionary Wrestling Network, uh, previous to that. But yeah, you just have to. The thing that I found found out some a little maybe the hard way a little bit, but for the most part it worked out. Is you know sometimes you got to take that risk. Sometimes you got to you know think long term. Yes, and that's why we. You know, I hate, I, and I should say hate, I, I felt bad leaving the network that I, you know, created with the guys from View from the Top Rope. But when an opportunity like that, and I'm sure with you too, when the opportunity arose, you got to jump on it because you never know, you never know when it's going to happen again. Yeah. And, you know, especially with wrestling podcasts, you never know who's going to hear it, who's going to see the YouTube, who's going to see this, who's going to see that. You know, I, I joke with Michael a lot of the times. So I'm like, hey, you know, we're still waiting for that millionaire or billionaire to, you know, see the network and buy it. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, all of us could sit and do this for for a living, you know, because all of us have our normal shoot jobs during the day. And, you know, it, you know, granted, Michael and I talk more than probably <laughs> most people during the day. And uh, it's just it's just unreal. And, you know what is the potential could be yeah uh, and you know it, only the sky's the limit you know and i can't wait to see what you guys have to offer because i've listened to a number of those the podcasts that are on the network that yeah. you guys you guys are starting so it's gonna be very it's, it's gonna be eye-opening to a lot of people hopefully now you know what 
got you into professional wrestling? So originally, I was born in 92, so mm-hmm. I was raised during the Attitude Era. Um, the Rock was a big deal to me. I think the character of The Rock is probably the reason why I loved wrestling as a kid. I think if The Rock wasn't around, maybe I wouldn't have enjoyed wrestling. Maybe I wouldn't have, have liked it. But the promos, the the on-the-nose sort of swearing, the making people look stupid and funny, but you know, his eyebrow raising and everything like that. Like I cry when he lost. It was, it was just one of those things. I, I just loved the rock. Um, and going forward from that, I've just really enjoyed just following wrestling. Mm-hmm. Like everyone, I, uh, I stepped out of it a few times, uh, and came back into it, but, uh, mainly really it was the attitude era that got me into wrestling and, and, uh, mm-hmm. it's, it's very nostalgic to me, even though sometimes when you watch it back, it can be very difficult to watch, which I'm sure you guys can mm-hmm. agree with, with what you do at, uh, revisionist. So, um, it can be difficult to, to rewatch and maybe not as good as what you remember, but it, nonetheless, um, I think we're spoiled now for incredible wrestling, which is the reason why. So, but that's what got me into it. Yeah, I was along the same lines, too. I started earlier. We're just a little bit older than you, Luke, but uh, by a couple, two, three. Sometimes Michael's a little bit old. Most of us, but, uh, my, 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 hair, my hairline says otherwise. I say I'm, uh, I'm 34 going on 44, but it is what it is. Uh, <laughs> where you know, I started with that, the golden era, as they called, called it, in the mid yeah. to late 90s there. And, uh, you know... It, it got to the point is obviously you know and we know just going back and looking at these pay-per-views it got very stale and it got a lot of character oriented and you know that's when i kind of you know took my break and you know i came back about 2000 and you know haven't haven't really looked back since and Mm -hmm. excuse me and uh a lot of people are you know very critical about the current wwe product as of in the last few years and I'm like, yeah, but when you grow up with a certain product, as far as wrestling goes, you have to get, you, you got to go all in, no pun yeah. intended. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? And 100%. you know, because my my mentality is, if I were to ever stop watching WWE or NXT or whatever, something will happen. I know because that's just my luck that you know somebody will come back, like CM Punk or whatever will come back. I highly yeah. doubt that it'll happen, but um, never know. And, and, and with, like I said, your past, I caught up with uh, your last uh, show, and they actually, I forgot who it was, but uh, no. somebody actually brought back CM Punk to yeah. win the title and all that stuff on your show. And I'm like, I personally, I, I always, it's a running joke on our show whenever we uh, do a show that has CM Punk in it, I always say, oh, it's not, you You misspoke, it's CM Chump, not CM Punk. Um, just because I was just, you know, Michael's a Chicago-ish guy, he's, he says he's from Indiana, but he's closer to Chicago, um, so he's more of a homer when it comes to CM Punk, so uh, I was not, I never really got CM Punk, but, you know, it is what it is, it's that's a good thing about professional wrestling. You don't have to like everything you see. You know, you can like who you like and, you know, go on from there. 
Yeah, definitely, yeah. He brought a lot of people back into wrestling, which, you know, I think is is a good thing overall. Whether you mm-hmm. like him or not, you can't deny he brought a lot of people back in, which I think he deserves a lot more credit for than what he deserves and what he gets. I'm sorry. Right. right. You don't know exactly. And, and it's, my big thing, as far as that goes, especially the current product, is so many people, you don't even have to be in Chicago, you always get the CM Punk chant. And it's yeah. like, come on, guys, he's not coming back. <laughs> you know, he may, but the odds are against you. But yeah. you know, but but I digress. We're gonna get, we're gonna go off the rails a little bit with that. But uh, you know, to transition over to the current product, obviously for you know, obviously myself listening to the show, I, I you, you deal a lot with you know the overseas product, whether it be in the UK where you are or Japan or you know uh, with Progress or whatever. What you know, what do you, do you tend to think about the current product? You know, is there certain things that, you know, could be improved? Is there certain things that, you know, are good the way they are? That's a good question, really, because everyone sort of has their gripes about, like, WWE and stuff. But if change happened, I think more people would be annoyed than what people are annoyed now with the current product. So WWE is very... Um, forwarded towards children enjoying it um it's very they they treat us stupid sometimes i think which is what people like me and you may get annoyed with watching the current product but you've got to also remember the the thousands of children that are in the crowd um watching it who maybe wouldn't understand um things if they didn't explain it like they go on and on and do so i don't think i wish that things like that would change. I'm quite happy with WWE being PG. I think you can still have a really great PG company. I just wish that sometimes the people who deserve to be seen a lot more um, compared to having, you know, before Roman Reigns had his, um, went off were his illness, we were seeing Roman Reigns and The Shield in like four or five segments of Raw. And it accumulated to him having just under an hour's worth of TV time in a three-hour show. And we were having people like Kurt Hawkins and Zack Ryder, who you could do really fun breaking up the show storylines with, with Kurt Hawkins losing every time. Sort of like what they've been doing the last few weeks, um, mm-hmm. breaking up the show a bit. And they were just never being used. Like, and it was, it's, it's criminal to me. Um, I think that's one thing I would change. Uh, the book, the booking, definitely, which is obviously why I started my podcast. Um, mm-hmm. And the the people who get doesn't get utilised to to what they they should be. You know, we're seeing since the the rise of AEW, um, a lot of people are unhappy now, and and all this this contract talks, whether it be true or one or not. You know, there's no smoke without fire. Um, I, I maybe it's not. It's just been exaggerated. But I don't think this would happen if it wasn't for AEW. And the reason why it's happening is people who aren't getting TV time deserve to be um, because they are very talented wrestlers. And it's not like the fans don't want to see them either. Uh, they, they still get a huge pop when they when they do get seen. So maybe it's not as much of stuff I'd like to change. But and I, I think the, the good thing is now with like our uh, day and age, like... If you're if you are fed up with WWE, you can watch New Japan, and it be a lot more hard hitting and stuff. Or you can do what I've done a lot recently, and you know I've I'm quite far behind on New Japan because of just a busy busy life. But mm-hmm. I haven't missed the Progress show in a long time, 
um, because I really enjoy the product. I really enjoy the, the people on there. And the same with NXT. And I think you've got so much variety now. That I'm, I'm sport for choice because there's so many different shows I always think I need to catch up on. So it's it's like that. And it, it's, it's only going to get bigger and better with the likes of AEW. Yeah, with that being said, you know, we've seen a lot of news with AEW, you know, people making jokes out of it, and, oh, wait, so-and-so, I made a joke, I was at a live show for WWE up here this past weekend with my, uh, I took my son to his first WWE live event, and uh, I turned to the next guy, and I think it was when, uh, I can't remember who the guy was, oh, oh, Dean Ambrose was doing, yeah. had a match against somebody. And I jokingly went behind and looked at the guy behind me. I said, oh, oh man, I just got a message. They, uh, uh, Dean Ambrose just signed with uh, AEW. And, you know, it, it, it's AEW is going to be good, yeah. regardless whether you watch it or not. Um, I think everybody's going to give it a chance. I'll give it a chance. But at the end of the day, you know, I think it really needs – it's been oversaid a lot is they're going to need a TV deal, whoever that may be, with – because even if you want to even try to compete with WWE or NXT, and and I'm not saying you could, you, anybody could at this point, but no. you're going to need that. Uh, you're going to need that TV deal, whether it be TNT, TBS. Um, do you do you really see in that is AEW uh, promotion succeeding past, let's say, you know, a year or two? I definitely do. I really do. I think um, what they're being really clever with is they're going about everything the right way. They're not trying to rush anything either. They, you know, we, we're not here. We're not seeing it as much. Mm-hmm. But I don't know if you had uh, Tony Khan on Chris Jericho's podcast, and mm-hmm. Jericho was sort of saying like he was shocked at the amount of people he recognised who were producers and backroom people for AEW. Like, they're doing the right things. They're not getting people who have never been in the business before. They're, they're signing the right people behind the scenes, and then they're taking the chances on the talent, uh, people who we may not have ever heard of, like Sonny Kiss or something, and giving them a spotlight, mm-hmm. um, but as well as signing the big names like Pac and, and, you know, and, and all these other guys who we recognize, like Jimmy Havoc. And there's just such a huge variety, um, but they're, I think they're going about things the right way, they they're interested in taking care of their wrestlers with the the health and and stuff like that, all the the insurance and everything. Um, and they are also, you know, they're 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 taking their time and, and they're not rushing things. You know, they're waiting five months for their first show because they want to make everything right. They want to make sure everything is correct and in place. They've built their fan base. They've built a buzz for it because. If you don't build a buzz for it, you're not going to get an audience. And they keep mm-hmm. getting audiences right now, so they're obviously doing the right thing. Um, I can really see this being a long-term thing. Um, Tony Khan as well is, you know, as uh, as uh, rumours that he's, his family are three times richer than Vince McMahon. So say what that about you will. You're not going to see like a TNA who maybe had all the right things in place but didn't quite have the money. Um, this is the complete opposite now. This is, if anyone was to... Um, compete against WWE. I don't think it's going to be that kind of way anyway. But AEW is that team that is that company now, um, mm-hmm. far past New Japan because they already have more money, more resources, more famous talent outside of um, Japan. Um, I think, and that's 
that's a winning formula for me. I really do think so. Now, I know you mentioned the New Japan being compared, not, not comparing it to AEW, but obviously, you know, being within the states, do you see the likes of AEW kind of surpassing the likes of, uh, let's say, Ring of Honor or Impact? Do you see that kind of happening, or do you think that's already happened? I think it's already happened. I genuinely do. I mean, we, we've had one all-in show. We've had tickets sold for a double or nothing show, which has already sold out a 20,000 seat arena, something like that, or close to. Um, has Ring of Honor ever had a 20,000 seat arena? Nope. Would they ever get a amount of buys as what All In did? Nope. Would they ever manage to sign the talent that AEW have? Probably not. And mm-hmm. I just think if you take all those things in consideration, then. You've got to say AEW is already will be a step ahead of Ring of Honor, um, mm-hmm. probably a step ahead of a step ahead of Progress, probably third in behind New Japan um, and WWE as a worldwide thing. Obviously, um, places like Mexico where you have CMLL who sell out like forty thousand seat arenas on like a twice a week basis, but you don't really see it outside of um, Mexico being very popular. So, you know, things, things like that um, as well. But I, I think so. I think it's already mm-hmm. all taken. You know, I know a couple of gentlemen on that roster, the Young Bucks, are very familiar with a uh, gentleman. I'm sure you know him, obviously, because you're in the podcasting world, is Dave Meltzer. Yeah. He was just recently on uh, Sean Mooney's show. What, you know, what... As far as, like, the quote-unquote dirt sheets or the writers have you, what are your thoughts on that, on them in the wrestling business? Is there a place for them? Is there a place for these quote unquote smart fans that think that you know everything that these guys say are is true? Um, obviously, yeah. there's you know a, a silver lining and there's a you know a happy medium between them all. But uh, do you what do you what are your thoughts on that? Um, I think that people like Meltzer and like Brian Alvarez, people like that, when they are posting dirt sheets facts I think it's needed because when you look at the stuff that Meltzer's been posting in the 90s now people go back and and look at those things now maybe at the time no one really cared about the attendance at certain shows unless you were that actual promotion and you cared about ticket sales and stuff like that and your merchandise no one really cared then but looking back on it now people will scan through these facts and 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 go back and so I do think they're important I think the the downside of it is obviously the the rumours and speculation we've seen. Um, Nia Jax having a pop at Dave Meltzer not so long ago um, mm-hmm. for something he said about Roman Reigns, and it's the when they sort of overstep their mark and sort of um, use their platform to do stuff outside of what really they are they they become famous for. Um, what else doesn't help them is the, the imitators. So, you know, we probably see it quite a lot because we are very active on Twitter and stuff. But mm-hmm. the amount of news sources that um, will follow my Twitter page and it's just relentless stuff. And I look on their thing and all they're doing is just copy and pasting the links to other websites, news mm-hmm. stuff that they've posted and copied and pasted from Dave Meltzer. And it's just a whole big vicious circle and I think it doesn't help people like Dave Meltzer um, that he has so many imitators because it brings the whole like wrestling journalist thing down um, but I definitely think it's needed because I think when you have 
Um, not necessarily bigger people like that, but uh, smaller guys like wrestling blogs. So they are UK based. They they follow the UK indie scene. I'm are just become really good friends with a guy called Samuel Preston, who's a writer for wrestling blogs. Because I see him at the Plymouth shows that I go to. They are hardworking guys. They pay their money. They go watch these shows, and they write about it, and they report about it, and they tell you this guy is really good. If you if he's at a show near you, go watch him because the people that. Um, he is writing about Sam Preston's writing about is also the same people I'm telling people to go and watch. So I know that he knows what he's talking about and it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's all factual stuff. He's not posting like breaking news of, of different stuff. And I think that's what's needed more than um, what we have become accustomed to in the quote unquote, like journalism of wrestling. Mm-hmm. Now, that being said, obviously, you know, the way the social media, you know, plays a part in, you know, professional wrestling and obviously in, 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 in life in general, in everyday life, you know, we, the other day, Facebook and Instagram was down for a couple hours and everybody was, it's going to be like the Armageddon or something. It's like, well, what's, yeah. you know, what, what's going on with this? And it's like, oh, I, I can't post a picture of what I'm eating for lunch or something. But it's, it's, it's unreal how much social media plays into the wrestling business in just this argument this discussion do you find it that you know likes a twitter instagram facebook whatever whatever social media that everybody has do you think that you know it's you know it's good or do you think it's bad uh, it, again like the journalism thing there's ups and downs to it so mm-hmm. the good thing is is I've met so many incredible people like yourself through mm-hmm. social media, which I never would have if Twitter wasn't around. There's no way that mm-hmm. we would ever have, be having this conversation. Um, there's no way that a couple of weeks ago I did an episode on my YouTube channel with uh, a lady called Xenia from Russia, who's a mm-hmm. huge wrestling fan. And things like that, like I've gone from speaking to someone in America, speaking to someone from Russia, I've gone speaking to Josh, who's in Australia. That's the good side of um the social media and being able to connect with these people day in day out to the point where you feel like you know these people but you've never met them that's weird like i speak to some people like wilfred more than i speak to my friends because of social media and doing the podcast and stuff um the downside of social media is the the trolls the, the fake accounts and I touched on it the other day on on one of my videos. Um, It's not too much of a big deal, but I feel like when I'm a male who's a wrestling fan, but because I have a podcast, if I say a certain wrestler is really attractive, I get stick for that, and I don't understand why. Like, if I'm allowed to say that she's attractive, if I was just a wrestling fan, they'd probably say a lot of women wrestlers are attractive. As soon as I say it, Mm -hmm. it's almost unprofessional, and it's not like I'm saying any bad things. But that's another downside to me of social media. That's just an opinion of mine. Mm-hmm. I'm a man. I'm allowed to say that some women are attractive. If it's a women's wrestler, then why does that make me an unprofessional wrestling podcaster? Um, that to me is like trolls and, and people who are just, you know, they're just not doing good stuff in the world um, mm-hmm. to me. And, and that's the downside of social media and, and where it doesn't play a very good part in wrestling. 
Yeah, I agree 100% with that. And, you know, Michael and I have had this conversation, you know, whether it be on the show or whether it be just in general over the phone when we're doing our prep stuff, is uh, what I, I would give anything to see, you know, the likes of like a Ric Flair, The Rock, or Austin back in the day when they were wrestling to see what they, what they would do on Twitter or yeah. Facebook or Instagram. And I'm like, probably a lot of the stuff we can't say on the show, but... At the same point, it's man, it's it can really help you, but at the same time, it could really, you know, it could really hurt you. And we all know the wrestlers that it's hurt and helped and all that stuff. But you know, it, it goes along the same lines too of that that un, untold word of quote unquote kayfabe. Yeah. Do you see? Certain wrestlers are good at keeping kayfabe, you know, the likes of like a, uh, let's say a Sammy Callahan being yeah. one on impact. He is that kind of uh, wrestler that, you know, you know, guy that runs the never Dennis Farrell has, has had him on his show and couldn't say anything better. Couldn't say anything bad about him. Great guy, blah, blah, blah. But you look on his Twitter feed or you look him on TV and he's just that, He's a, he's that heel. He yeah. portrays that well on on online and on the screen. Yeah, uh, and you know, do you ever see kayfabe? You know, coming back again? I genuinely think kayfabe's on the up again. I really do. Um, I think certain people like Tommaso Ciampa um, has really pushed social media um, and shown other wrestlers that you can run your wrestling Twitter as your wrestling character and make it work, but still being yourself. You can, and I think that's the beauty of um, wrestlers when they manage to have a character, which is very close to themselves being turned up a little bit. I think that's the the best type of wrestling character. Um, And I think that's when kayfabe thrives. And I know myself in the last couple of days, well, the last couple of weeks I've been doing it. um, So there's a local wrestler that I always go on about, called Bronco Brandon White. He's good friends with like Mark Andrews and, and uh, Wild Boar Hitchman and people like that. Um, he's a friend of my best friend. So he wrestles down here. We always like speak to him after the show. But on Twitter, I will give him grief and he will give me grief. And it was just happening just yesterday as we were recording that. Um, we're giving each other grief. But the next thing, he'll message me and say, oh, I can't wait for you know, the next Thursday Night Reach. We'll go out for a beer. Like, it's, it's, it's still keeping kayfabe, but it doesn't mean that they're horrible people and, and stuff like that. They're genuinely really nice people. You probably find the heels are probably the nicest people because they oh, yeah. they don't have to be nice all the time. Exactly. So. You know, I can, I can definitely relate to that. And the other thing that's on the up and up now is our great friends over at Blue Chew. Guys, remember the days when you were always ready to go? Well, now you can increase your performance and get that extra confidence in bed. Listen up bluechew.com that's blue like the color blue bluechew.com brings you the first chewable with the same fda approved active ingredients as viagra and cialis so you know they work you can take them anytime day or night even on a full stomach and since they're chewable they work up to twice as fast as a pill so you can be ready whenever an opportunity arises Blue Chew is prescribed online and shipped straight to your door in a discreet package. So no in-person doctor's visit, no waiting in the pharmacy, and best of all, no more awkwardness. They're made in the USA, and since Blue Chew prepares and ships direct, they're cheaper than a pharmacy. 
Right now, we've got a special deal for our listeners. Visit BlueChew.com and get your first shipment free when you use our special promo code PERSPECTIVE. All you got to do, pay $5 for shipping. Again, that's B-L-U-E-Chew.com. Promo code PERSPECTIVE to try it free. BlueChew is the better, cheaper, faster choice. And we thank them for sponsoring the network where you can find great shows like Ringside Rant. And as always, you're welcome. So our next... Welcome back. We're here with Omega Luke uh, from the Omega Luke podcast. Soon to be on the Breakbuster Network. Uh, Luke, you know, to continue our great conversation we have going here, you know, have you ever gotten to that point with the WWE where you say, you know, the heck with it, I'm done, I'm going to go watch Progress all the time, or I'm going to watch New Japan or another promotion all the time, WWE. Have you ever gotten to that point, whether it be recently or in the near future? or In the the past, past, definitely. Um, The reason why I probably don't do that now is because of my podcast, so I feel like I have to stay up Mm -hmm. to date with everything, um, because most people watch WWE as a product when I do my fantasy bookings. Other than one episode, it's always been based in WWE, whether that NXT or main roster. So I feel like I always have to keep up to date with it. I don't necessarily watch Raw or SmackDown all the way through. I watch the highlights. I watch every pay-per-view, everyone outside of Saudi Arabia anyway. And then, but before in the past, like I've gone years without watching any wrestling. Um, from around about 2012, I didn't watch it until two years ago now, and when um, Kenny Omega and Kazuchika Okada had that six-star match. Um, I was just scrolling through YouTube, found a YouTube video um, just talking about a Royal Rumble I really enjoyed, and then from that, it just went on to another video, and this same match kept getting talked about, Kenny Omega versus Okada. I had no idea who any of those guys was. I wasn't into wrestling. I only knew Bullet Club because my friend had T-shirts of it. I then watched that match and fell in love with wrestling again. And that what brought me back into WWE as well. Um, so it's it's like a it brought me back in, but now I, I won't go back out of WWE no matter what. I'll always sort of keep up to date with it, um, mm-hmm. definitely. But there has been years where I've gone without watching any products. Maybe following it and understanding like in the background who's who's good now and, and, and stuff like that. Because my friends always watch it. Like my friends are, uh, are um, people who have never stepped out of it. So I've always had a mm-hmm. point of contact if, if I have any questions on what's, what's the going on um, right now in wrestling. But I'm back now, and I'm probably back to stay for a long time, that's for sure. Yeah, yeah like I said before, I definitely can relate. It's one of those things where you know you don't want to you know say hey the heck with it I'm done with it because you never know what's gonna happen as much yeah. like I said it's you know as much as people you know have disparaging things to say about the current product with WWE you never know what's gonna happen at the yeah. end of the day because you can have guys come back that you know you never thought would come back who would have thought that we'd see Hogan come back or any of these guys Kurt Angle for another another one who's yeah. has who's have gonna have his last match at, at WrestleMania. You never know, and that's one of the things. Well, yeah, you can kind of go off and see all the rest of the product, that great product that we have today, whether it be indies or New Japan or whatever, whatever the case may be. But uh, now, you know, when when you're not podcasting, when you're not, you know, you know, uh, 
watching wrestling, researching wrestling. I know it's a far-fetched concept, but uh, what do you what do you tend to do when you're not watching, dealing anything with wrestling? You know, kind of just kind of sit back and relax, kind of thing. Yeah. So um, <laughs> it's weird. I when I was first starting out, all I cared about was the podcast and any hour of the day I was trying to improve the podcast that um, I did it all the way up until probably January if I had a spare hour I was creating a graphic for an episode or I was improving my current graphics or I was improving my intro and I had this sort of motto which I was um, saying to people who were asking me you know oh you've got you've had quite a, a, a quick growth how do you do it and I sort of said you know every hour that I have spare I use that to improve one thing of my content um, and that's what I was just doing whether that be I'd focus on something for one day then that would be that would be improved focus on something the next and improve that and that's just basically how I did it now I've got to the point where I was a little bit drained of doing that so I took a step back from working so hard in my spare time on the podcast I like to play video games with my friends. My friends are a big like Fortnite players or Apex Legends players on the PlayStation. I play a lot of that. Um, football, or as you guys call it, soccer, um, is a big part of my life. It's, it's always been a big part of my life. And uh, my team, Man United, are starting to get good again. So that's always a good thing. And I also play football. Um, I used to play at quite a good level when I was uh, 16, 17. Um, unfortunately, I had a bad injury. So I uh, had to stop playing for a few years, put on a lot of weight. So couldn't play at the same standard, but um, I play for fun still um, for two eleven aside teams. So that's basically what I what I like to do in my spare time, seeing friends and and uh, my wife. Obviously, I have to sometimes do things with her as well, keep her entertained, watch <laughs> movies, you know, that sort of thing. So yeah, when Omega Luke isn't podcasting on YouTube, that's basically what I'm doing. Yeah. Yeah, I tend to be along the same lines too. It's I always my wife's always yelling at me. Babe, get off your phone. Get off your phone. I'm like, babe, it's yeah. for the show. It's for the show. It happy always wife, seems to happy be my life. Yeah. I mean, my yeah, wife calls well, this my 24-hour job. Um, all right, she's she's fine with it. Like, she knows. But every now and then, it's it's time to put the laptop down and, and, and show her a bit of attention. But no, I've no, been, exactly. good, been good lately. Yeah. But when it, when it gets to the summertime, I calm down a little bit more and she may get annoyed with it again. But who knows? <laughs> You know, you get that WrestleMania fever and you got to, you know, it's like always you're on your phone tweeting about something or whatever exactly, the case yeah. may be. And uh, my wife, she's like, my wife, even my, my sister-in-law is the same way. She's like, why, why do you do the show? Why do you do Ringside Ray? Or why do you do the, uh, the revisionist booking? I'm like, A, it's because so I don't go insane from dealing with the everyday life, whether it be work, family, yeah. whatever. It keeps me sane. Even though sometimes Michael and I yell at each other more often, we're like bitter old women. Uh, you know, it's, it's it's soothing kind of thing. And yeah. she's like, "Oh, okay, well that makes sense." I'm like, "Well, yeah." Then stop yelling at me being on my phone all the time because because of it. So yeah. And plus, like I said before, you never know who's going to hear it, who's going to see the video, whether it be YouTube or whatever. You know, down the road, this could be turned into something. You know, so and that's. Definitely. And I think like the uh, one of the main things that keeps me going is because I've had a few times where you know I've had a dip in downloads or something like that, or you know everyone everyone goes for every content creator goes for it. Like, why am I doing this? Why am I continuing to do this? This is a lot of hard work. You get that one message from someone who will tweet you randomly and just say, "Absolutely love your show. Really enjoying it. Keep doing it." Or someone will message you, or mm -hmm. you post a video up, and then someone will 
tag you in something and, and say something really nice about yourself and it, then it just rejuvenates your passion for doing it even more and, and, and I can't thank the people enough who, who do listen and support me um, for for that sort of stuff because I probably wouldn't continue if, if I didn't get those messages because you know those, those are nice messages and, and people like me and you who are, who are content creators you need that to, to know that what you're saying and what you're doing is being enjoyed because we do it because we enjoy it as well and I, I'd probably do it even if I just had one person who listened and enjoyed but if no one was listening or enjoying it you're basically just talking to yourself mm-hmm. um, and you know that's you, some some people are, are happy with that um, mm-hmm. I like to know that I'm giving to someone and, and, and entertaining people and that's what mm-hmm. I enjoy the most yeah yeah, yeah and that's the same thing for us too and whether it be the ringside ramp before I did when I before I took my little hiatus there you know, it was good. the likes of like Michael, my co-host now, uh, my quote-unquote producer on this show, uh, and then uh, you know uh, somebody that you know very well is um, Mags, uh, Mags and Bags, Dash Kirby, Darren, whatever you want to call them. Yeah. Where every once in a while they message me and say, "Hey, I really really like that interview. Keep up the good work." And you know, and it's it kind of builds your self-esteem a little bit. You know what I mean? Because yeah, you definitely. know, you don't. You, not to the point where you get the big head and you, you know, I'm the best, I'm the best interview person, I'm the best at fantasy book, and blah, 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 whatever it me. Um, but it's kind of reassuring because it shows you that people actually like what you're doing, they enjoy listening to you. I, from, I don't know how you are, but I can't listen to myself talk. When I go back and listen to the audio, whether it be this or whether it be revisionist booking, I, I can't, you know, I, I'll listen to Michael's point of view. I'll listen to, you know, yourself when I'm doing the interview. But when it comes to me, I kind of hit that, you know, fast forward a little bit, you know, get that 30, 30 second loop or whatever on <laughs> iTunes or something. Because I, I don't know what it is. I just can't listen to myself talk, you know. Yeah. My wife my wife thinks likes to think otherwise, but. <laughs> yeah, you, you just sort of, you just have to get used to it in the end. Like, because I do all the editing and YouTube and stuff and I'm, on the YouTube now, I'm trying to make myself look a bit like a prat, and I think if I couldn't watch or listen to myself, I'd really struggle with any editing. But um, yeah. going back to your point about um, the guys who message you as well, I just want to say, Max, who you mentioned there, is the best hype man ever, and you know he's mm-hmm. starting his three podcasts. I think he's got now. <laughs> he's diving into the game, and if there's anyone who deserves to be um to get anywhere in podcasts is him because he listens mm-hmm. to everyone he gives incredible feedback he's so supportive of everyone and that guy just deserves the best because mm-hmm. you know he and he's doing really well i mean him and my, i so love him and mike's um why we watch podcasts i think it's yeah. incredible I, um so big shout out to to Deej kirby or mags darren He's got his main nickname. <laughs> Who do you think he is? Or Mega Luke? He's got so many nicknames. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, and it's one of those things too. And he he came to me a few times before him and Mike were starting the show, and I'm sure he'd done the same with you too. Which is, hey, what can I do about this? What can I do about that? I said, dude, yeah. don't. Uh, the one thing I told him, and I'm sure you probably can, you know, second it is, don't get too involved with it because then you'll get burnt out. You know, you got a family. Yeah. He's got a lot of other op- or, uh, obligations to do and a perfect example this is why you know i finally came back to ringside rant is um like i said big thanks to michael obviously for <laughs> getting me to come back but you know it got to the point where i just you can only do so many interviews 
it became more of a chore than anything. And I'm like, yeah, don't let that happen to you. You know, do as much as you can. Uh, but at the end of the day, it's, you know, you got your family, you got your job, you got this, you got that. And he's one of those guys where, you know, he put out on Twitter, he's like, hey, some so-and-so Mike had a family emergency. You know, our interview fell through. Who can, <laughs> I need, we need help. I said, okay, yeah. fine. Within 30 seconds, what do you want? Because yeah. he was, he would do the same for us if, you know, if, you know, we were in the same predicament. So, you know, it, it goes back to the old adage where you see a lot of it on Twitter, that hashtag wrestling community. Yes. Uh, yeah. And, you know, because whether, you know, you make it big, Luke, we make it big, they make it big. At the end of the day, we're all wrestling fans. We're doing this because we love the sport of professional yeah. wrestling. And, you know, we'll help anybody out until as, as much as we can, you know? Yeah. And, you know, obviously that goes, you know, it goes without saying once you get, once you get into it, you, there's no way you can get out of it. <laughs> no, it's very addictive. Very addictive. And, uh, you know, it got to the point where I was doing about three shows. And I'm like, oh my God, I can't do this. I don't have time for my family. And, you know, it made, made, made it relevant, uh, relevant too. And I'm like, I just, I gotta stop, you know, I gotta take a break yeah. and, and, I, and I'm back now. So you can't, I can't, I can't go back on my, <laughs> on my promise now. So, uh, so, you know, obviously, you know, to become a good podcaster in my, my eyes, you, um, you have to listen to other podcasts to kind of, you know, get tips and, and, you know, see what works, what doesn't work. Yeah. And what, what are those podcasts that you tend to listen to to kind of say, Hey, I, I want a fantasy book this way or that way, or, or I want to do this interview or that interview. What kind of, you know, how do you kind of prepare yourself? Yeah. So I, when I first started my podcast, Simon Miller was the podcast I used to listen to the most along with Sam Roberts, mainly because I didn't know that there was all these indie podcasts out. Um, and that was just basically, you know, what was easy access. You type wrestling podcasts in, those are the ones that show up. So, you know, I listened to a lot of them. Um, the Comrade Thompson ones, I fell in love with listening to them. I haven't listened to them for a while now um, because there's just so much to intake and, my old job allowed me to listen to podcasts while I was working. So um, they were easy, you know, three, four hours of just sticking my headphones in and, and enjoying work, whereas now I can't do that um, in my, my actual job. So I haven't really listened to that for a while. Um, a podcast who I've been raving about for a long time now, who I haven't really spoke to uh, about, but Wilfred sort of told me about them, is Our Vantage Point. Um, mm -hmm. They are big retro wrestling guys. Um, I don't even enjoy re retro wrestling. I just like listening to them. I think mm -hmm. um, they're funny. The chemistry that they have between those two is incredible. Um, they genuinely are really hilarious <laughs> guys. And the editing and the time and effort and hard work that I know that they put in because of how good their episodes are is beyond doubt the most I've ever seen uh, for a podcast. They they include clips from years and years ago, and I have no idea how they find all this stuff, but it's so well put together. I really like the idea. I really like those two guys, um, and that's that's a podcast I really enjoy listening to, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I've, uh, I have got uh, turned on to that podcast by listening to um, last year through Ringside Rand. I had Brian Malonis on, who has his own podcast, and 
at the end there. So they kind of have their own little, it's not a network, but they promote each other's podcast yes. between yeah. his and a vantage point, uh, greetings from Allentown and, uh, booking the territory, which is more yeah. of a smoky mountain thing. Uh, so, um, I kind of got turned out of that. I'm like, you know, you know, Mondays are kind of like the go-to day for podcasting. You know, you got Eric Bischoff's podcast now there. Yeah. And, uh, I'm like, Oh man, I, I gotta play catch up and, you know, very rarely am I, you know, you know, listen to Spotify or listen to Pandora or listen to whatever music you, that you have. Mm. I'm always listening to podcasts because of, you know, research or things on what to, you know, concepts yeah. kind of thing. And they do an absolutely fantastic job. I'm actually on their uh, their uh, Facebook group and too, so it's always interesting to. Uh, uh, you know, to listen to that group, whether it be any of them, you know, I, yeah. everybody, everybody laughs at me because I got like 20 podcasts I subscribe to on iTunes and like every different day, it's like, okay, what do I want to listen to this? Do I want to listen to that? Nah, what the heck? I'll just do this. Um, but yeah, that's an absolute, it's a good podcast that they definitely have. Yeah. Um, but, uh, now, you know, to close off, we got a couple more questions, but, uh, if you could uh, fantasy book one uh, past wrestler versus one current wrestler, any promotion, uh, whether it be like in the past or even the present, who, or, or you can even do a tag team, what would that match look like? Just one match. That's a great question. Um, I, I like to ask these questions, those type of questions to like uh, wrestlers when I interview them as well. Um, and I always think of it myself. Person, one person who I didn't necessarily like when he was active, but when he retired, I missed dearly is Edge. I think mm-hmm. he was absolutely incredible. And I always think about who I would like to see Edge if he was still wrestling against now. And someone like AJ Styles, like an ultimate baby face versus a killer heel with Edge, I think would be so good. Um, I genuinely do. I think they would have a great match as well. So, so Edge versus AJ Styles is definitely something. Um, that I would I would like to have have seen because you know they're both active at the same time, which is a shame AJ never um, crossed paths with with Edge because that could have been a very interesting feud. Going back even further, when you think about people um, like Stone Cold, who obviously has career cut very short, um, and you think about some of the the heels this day and age um, who you could see Stone Cold against, the, the list is just endless, really. Mm-hmm. Um, which is why I love doing the fancy booking because you can bring these scenarios to life. Um, so Stone Cold versus someone, you know, even a Randy Orton. I mean, they were they mm-hmm. almost crossed paths, but like a, a good Randy Orton when he was a little bit more experienced and you know that in the the late noughties where he was just a, a legendary the legend killer heel and stuff like that. Uh, him versus Stone Cold that would have been really interesting to see as well. I'd like to have seen stuff like that. Yeah, definitely. And then there was another one that was on your past with uh, Stone Cold and uh, Randy Orton. There was another one that was on there that reminded yeah. me of that too. So, uh, you know, lastly, before we get to our plugs for the uh, for the episode, you know, I kind of, I was trying to think of a fantasy booking thing for you outside of that one. Okay, so forgive me for if I got a little long winded, but uh, fantasy book a four man faction with a masked wrestler a face-painted wrestler, a heavyweight champion, and an IC champion. Oh, that's a good one. So, masked wrestler. A heavyweight and an IC champion. Is that just of 
of all time, yeah? Of all, of all time. Of all time. Right, so heavyweight, I would probably go with Edge again. Let's, let's have Edge as the leader of this faction, as the heavyweight. The IC, I would probably look at someone. Let's go back to the IC. Um, masked wrestler who would fit with that heel. Probably someone like Pentagon, um, mm-hmm. I think. Because I think Pentagon could be genuinely a really good heel if he wanted to be. Um, I haven't seen him as a heel. He might have been before, but the companies that I've seen him, he's always been a babyface. Um, I think he would be pretty cool as like a, in a heel faction. Face paint, that's a difficult one because... I think it's only Jeff Hardy, then you got someone like that. Maybe um, back when Demon Balor was Prince Devitt. Mm-hmm. Um, I think a, a Prince Devitt style with with those with those two would work really well. Um, and an IC champ to go with them. I mean, really, I would probably look for someone along the lines so I'm trying to think of like a good heel one maybe someone like a Mr. Perfect when he was uh-huh. um, a heel um, along with those sort of three in like a weird heel faction um, I think would be pretty cool like yeah. the very arrogant side of things I think that would be pretty decent yeah trying to think of something like that I was even I when I was thinking, I'm like, oh, man, he's going to pick Pentagon or Ray Phoenix or it could be because there's just that, you know, you know, that good. You know, you could pick anybody, yeah. but I'm like, oh, what the heck, you know, make, make it a little bit interesting. But um, thank you so much for coming on this first episode of Ringside Rant, Luke. We, I look forward to, uh, you know, seeing what you got going forward with the uh, with the show and obviously with the network, too. Just take the last few moments, just plug social media, plug anything you got coming up for for you. But yeah, thank you very much, guys, for having me on. Um, you can find me on all podcast platforms, Omega Luke Podcast, Omega Luke Wrestling Podcast. Um, I'm also trying to do a lot more on the YouTube channel. That's Omega Luke Wrestling. So there's a lot of fantasy booking factions. So like that last question there, um, I actually uh, always post that on my Twitter at Omega underscore Luke. Um, the one I just posted is, you know, fantasy booking faction episode three. So I, I write a stipulation. Um, you guys all come up with a faction and I sort of spotlight uh, my favorites on the YouTube channel. So that's that's another thing um, you can always look forward to. And obviously, in a couple of weeks' time, Brain Buster Radio is starting. So we'd all like uh, your support if, if you mm-hmm. could all um, grant us that as well. But other than that, guys, thank you very much for, for having me on. And I look forward to repaying the, repaying the favor one time. Definitely appreciate it, and we'll be we'll be right there with you to help you out and get this network off the uh, off the ground floor. And hopefully, we can uh, you know one day be all, all as successful as we can be. So appreciate yeah. it very much, Luke. Thank you very much for having me, guys. Awesome. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.